Hello everyone, welcome to Before and After the Movies, episode 13. Today we are doing The Vast of Night, which is why you'll probably notice we didn't start with an impression, because is, is there an impression? I mean, we could pull a trailer line for a movie you guys have not heard of. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that would go over well. Yeah, I hadn't heard of this movie either until like three days ago. Yeah, and you were telling me a couple film school friends had reached out to you. Yeah. I was a little bit hesitant, but I started to see some buzz online as well. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we should give a little shout out here. Uh, written and directed first time Andrew Patterson. Andrew Patterson, who honestly must be on top of the world right now because... One of the things I wanted to do on this podcast for a while is provide a bit of a spotlight to some lesser known films. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not because we've been forced to, I promise. It's uh, <laughs> just something we'd be doing anyway if Black Widow was coming out and Tenet was out. Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think we'd still be doing this movie regardless. So that's a lie, obviously. But it is cool that we can kind of hopefully get a few more people to watch this movie because it's a great kind of underdog success story. Um, well, I mean, you're you're talking a lot before we've seen it. Yes. So. I'm just saying, so for those who don't know, this movie, as you said, directed by Andrew Patterson on a $700,000 budget. Oh, wow. uh, Self-financed. He was basically a big film lover growing up, lives in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And he was basically like the videographer slash like director for the Oklahoma uh, Thunder something, their NBA team. Um, Yeah, OKC. Yeah, exactly. So he was basically saving and financing the movie by doing commercials for them. Wow. And then basically, like, finance, like, produce this movie. It's just a real labor of love. Uh, and then he obviously submitted to all the film festivals. Next thing you know, Amazon buys his movie. Mm-hmm. And now it's streaming and featured on their platform, which is huge. Yeah, so like Anthony mentioned, another streaming one. This one's going to be on Amazon Prime. So, you know, it's accessible while theaters are still slowly. You were saying maybe there's some yeah. word they might be opening up, but we'll see. Yeah. One topic I wanted to quickly touch on is that movie theaters, apparently they're planning for a sort of mid July opening. Convenient. Yeah, exactly. There's some, something coming out. I can't remember what it is. No, I, I can't put my finger on it. Yeah. Obviously we're talking about tenant and I think we're both super ready to get back in the movie theater, but probably a couple more of these sort of streaming movies. And, mm-hmm. and if we can, Get a couple of people to watch it who maybe wouldn't have watched it. Exactly. We've, yeah. we've done our part. Yep, for sure. Uh, so without further ado, Anthony, let us dive into episode 13 of Before sure. and After the Movies, The Vast of Night. Uh, let me start off with some fast questions. Yeah, as we always do. Uh, so this is, again, I just watched the trailer here. So fast question number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, will we see an alien design? Will we see aliens? No. Nope. Okay. And second question. Uh, is there is this just a psychological thriller no aliens at all i think there are aliens but we don't ever see them okay i actually was only able to think of two fast <laughs> questions <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll hit you with mine all right will our female protagonist survive yes okay will we get any spielberg-esque movie references uh hell yes okay. some eminent or some reese's peanut butter cup or yeah. pieces uh which superhero property will andrew patterson be taking on next <laughs> Captain Marvel 2. <laughs> It'll be a DP for that one. Yeah, exactly. The other reason I wanted to watch this movie with you is my attention is always piqued by really high critic Rotten Tomato scores and low audience scores because it means there's some controversy. Okay. Because I think typically audiences like to see what they're familiar with mm-hmm. and critics like to see things that are a bit different. Now, do you recall an infamous movie that featured that sort of divide? 
uh well last jedi the last jedi yeah, yeah exactly critic high audience 50 or 51 or something yeah right? well, disney just bought all those good reviews yeah oh my god yeah and the reason i think that this critic score is going to be so high and the audience score is going to be low is because the audience feels unsatisfied after watching the movie because mm-hmm. clearly they're not going to get all the answers that this trailer teases yeah for sure and it seems like it's more of a thematic spiritual interpretation mm-hmm. and that, that that sounds interesting to me and it, it makes the movie hard to predict yeah, like to that point, I actually have a little note here that like 85% of the way through the movie, I'm going to realize that this is the movie, you know, because right. like, I find myself waiting for the big reveal or the big twist or everything coming together. But I think this is more going to be kind of like a, like you said, a psychological ride and you're kind of strewn along more of a drama type thing. Right. And that kind of leads me into a new segment that I'm going to surprise oh you with. Oh my goodness. <laughs> new segment jingle, please. I, I don't even know what it is. Well, if you... <laughs> <laughs> you you got to do the jingle. If you start doing a little sound effect, I'll drop the the name. Oh no! Give me something a bit mysterious. Two truths and a lie. So I'm going to be telling you three sort of factoids about this film. Okay. Two of which are true. One is a lie. Okay. <laughs> Fact number one: Andrew Patterson's next film is a honeybee farmed themed revenge thriller. Factoid number two, the director recently mentioned that his mentor in directing has become Mel Gibson. Factoid number three, this film was shot in 2016. Oh, fuck. Well, factoid number one sounds the most crazy, but it's probably the most true. I'll go with factoid number three. It was not shot in 2016. It was indeed shot in 2018. <laughs> the film was shot in 2016. Wow. And he was trying to, he, he said he spent a full calendar year editing this movie. Wow. So it uh, really is a labor of love. Yeah. Right? Like wow. uh, his next film is about honeybees and it's a revenge thriller. I mm. fucking made up the Mel Gibson thing. Damn, it <laughs> sounded like the most believable. It sounded, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I literally sat here for maybe 12 minutes trying to think of something that wasn't true. <laughs> you got me yeah so that's a fun new little feature um mm. that I'm, you're it's in your court for next time oh, so you're easy to come up with that a little bit of extra work for you because you need that thank you um okay and then i wanted to hop into some trivia actually okay obviously normally we talk a little bit about the cast and the director but i was digging hard uh sierra mccormick yeah. is the star and jake horowitz yeah sarah from such things as <laughs> one episode of supernatural <laughs> <laughs> a few Disney shows. One's called Ant Farm, oh, okay. but it's like an acronym. It's like A N T. It's like some task okay. force. Yeah. The only one who seemed to have a bit of recognition was this older actress called yeah. Gail Cor- Coroner. And I, I checked out her Wikipedia, and I'm pretty sure she wrote her Wikipedia page because <laughs> it says like she's been in films with such range all the way from this to this i was like what nice little self-boost for gail it was so written by like her agent it was hilarious well it's nice to give him a shout out anyways totally yeah Yeah, so shout out to all these up-and-coming actors Mm -hmm. um this goes into my next piece of trivia so steven soderbergh Mm -hmm. uh, obviously director of the oceans trilogy uh you any other haywire haywire he did that one on the the iphone film the entire movie oh yeah Yeah. the the informant with matt damon oh okay yeah He's, got to, he's, he's a very well-known director, yep. and he basically has come out singing this movie's praises. And he said, and I paraphrase, <laughs> uh, director praises how like the big three elements that a director has to tackle in a film is the narrative, uh, the performance, and the camera. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's very rare that a director can 
capture all three of these really successfully. Mm. He's like, directors make a living with one or maybe two. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. He's like, this guy has all three. Really? And he's like, for his first feature film, he's just kind of blown away. I wonder if he's, yeah, that's interesting you say that because I wonder if he's going to lean, like, for example, we've seen in the past, Lee Wennell, he really leans on his camera work a lot. Yeah. And that's how you get around low budget. Yeah. I think we'll see a lot of long takes because okay. it's like, you just got to do it. Rehearse, rehearsal's cheap, right? Yeah. So you yeah, can yeah. get the actors together, rehearse it, and then you, you only can shoot it a couple of times. So let's just make it's, them It's long. interesting that he did a, like a period piece, 1950s, I believe this movie takes place for right. his first film. Like, that's a good point. That kind of racks up the budget for all the props and setting and all that. Yeah, it kind of makes me think he had some kind of connection to like maybe a retro. Yeah, there's a lot of like retro cars in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. And he was saying, I read this whole like IndieWire interview he did, and he was saying like, I'm I thrive on that. Like, they first said, oh, it's gonna cost a hundred bucks a night to keep all the crew in a hotel. He's mm -hmm. like, I got it down to thirty five per person. So he seems like he's a real like oh, problem he's a solver. real numbers guy, Google Sheets, if you will. Yeah. Right? So he probably yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. that real film school kind of vibe to yeah, him. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. So it seems like this movie's like creepy. People mm -hmm. are saying it's like just a really, a really well made film, and I'm curious to see. Seven hundred thousand dollars is just like yeah. That's I was change. gonna say like yeah, five mil, six mil. Maybe. Yeah. So I haven't seen a movie like this in a while. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I mean, so we've seen movies like this. We've seen right. Super 8, E.T., Stranger Things, Close Encounters, that okay, kind so of you're thing. thinking more like plot as opposed to yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, okay. sorry. No, sorry. gotcha. Let, yeah, let me, let me dive into the meat and potatoes of the film now. Uh, the, so the trailer did seem a bit generic, um, but obviously with all this praise, I'm, interesting, I'm interested to see what kind of unique spin he does on it that we're not getting this typical uh, first contact type yeah. movie. You know, you don't believe the people and then someone bands together. Yeah. The aliens are good in real life. You know? Exactly. So the, the whole plot point of this movie is that there's some radio, there's like a local radio station mm -hmm. and the waves are getting in, messed with and interpreted. Yeah, intercepted or something like that, yeah. And... Yeah, there's certain people amongst the town that call in and say, like, we know what's going on. Yeah. So that's what kind of one of my predictions is I think there might be a bit of, like, a hot fuzz cult kind oh, of in this okay. town. A, a little scene where they, like, find a whole group kind of worshipping these yeah. these aliens. Are, are they aliens? Are you willing to put yourself I, on the I, line I there? think I'm going to go – I'm going to double down on aliens. Okay. And not a psychological thriller. It's going to be tangible. Whether or not we see the aliens, we don't or know. Or are the aliens, like, the people – Maybe. Oh, that's what I was because that's a, uh, that's a low budget excuse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were the aliens the whole time. Yeah, exactly. It zooms out. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Earth. Yeah, I was uh, thinking we might get a scene at the end with like a bunch of sort of uh, hypnotized, brainwashed people okay. floating. And so yeah, I have one of the predictions here is someone's gonna get p possessed and tries to inflict harm on the other members. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think we'll get like gore in this movie? Mm. Like any big deaths or off-screen deaths? There would probably be off-screen deaths. So one of my predictions is early movie, you're going to have that like alien fodder. Yeah. And instead of it being like people, it's going to be like a dog. And mm. it kind of goes like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's with the main character's dog. Like, Jackson's been missing all day or something. Yeah. Like that, yeah. <laughs> Jackson. Yeah. So obviously in the movie, they say like they, I think there's a line where the old lady says like, they like it here. Yeah. Yeah. So is there something about this town? Like, it's got well, energy. Allow me to paint you my opening scene. Right, paint me that opening scene. Uh, 1945. Yeah. Just <laughs> after the Second World War, <laughs> uh, we had a group of uh, you know 20 somethings leaving a leaving a party. They're walking home in the desert, and then we're one free. Of, exactly. One of them stops responding and acts a little weird. Uh, we start hearing some noises, some screeching, maybe like a spaceship like, vroom, okay. above. Um, and for radio waves, obviously. Exactly. Yeah. So there's like, and it kind of cuts to black. 
and then now we cut to uh, 1950, so about five, six years later, and the radio broadcast. You hear it's the anniversary of the famous five, five oh. years ago today. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so you really put some thought into this. I did. Yeah. Well, I'll give you. I'll hit you back with one. All right. I think this is a little lazier, but that's okay. We start with a late night broadcaster and mm-hmm. he's in the radio station mm-hmm. it's like he's like i'm joining you for the 3 a.m ride like, okay yeah he's got very few listeners but he knows he's kind of there for the long haul and then obviously he, has, he hears some so his like radio frequency waves are mm-hmm. being disrupted um and he's basically like what the hell's that so he like, gets up he's got the flashlight i'm thinking maybe a dog yeah yeah um he's like checking it out all kinds of weird ra- radio waves and then something off screen just happens like an abduction or something yeah and then the next morning, this this girl is like maybe like a new employee or she's coming in for her shift. And then mm-hmm. that's when she's going to like see that everything's kind of okay, not, yeah. not as it should be. And when that guy's doing the radio broadcast, you, you hear like trash cans getting rustled. Yeah, exactly. Hey, who's out there? And then like, even though something really dark has happened, a really like upbeat, like 50s pop song. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, oh, yeah. Here's a, here's a question for you. Does, mm-hmm. does this take place over the course of one night? Yes, and I, 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 I read that in one of the. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, here's a more obvious prediction. Uh, we're gonna get a rolling blackout scene, and they're gonna be have to use flashlights or candles. Yeah, I think like every kind of up and coming DP loves to fuck with his flashlights. And yeah, his exactly. Yeah, some <laughs> some silhouette play maybe. Yeah, exactly. Just all the kind of I'll be looking, I'll be watching with a close eye, trying to find all the little techniques. Mm-hmm. Because this movie looks really nice. Like, yeah. If you hadn't told me 700... Well, I mean, I haven't seen the movie, but based on the trailer, it doesn't seem like it's got a... It seems like a larger budget. Yeah. Uh, I got a pretty bold prediction here. Okay. Um, I think there's going to be some sort of time loop. Some oh, resetting of the okay. night or resetting of the day, that kind of thing. Oh, wow. See, yeah, it's, it's hard to like... I feel like I'm going to come out of this very... I don't think we'll we'll learn much of anything about what's really going on. Mm. So you think the movie could end up could actually end like where it begins, maybe, or like multiple resets within the film. Oh, so it's like kind of a Groundhog Day situation. Groundhog Day, Edge of Tomorrow, that kind of thing. That's interesting. I just don't know, like, with a budget like that, like, what what is your primary conflict and how do you resolve it? Yeah, I think I think the initial conflict is going to be not the not believing. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of people that aren't believing this girl. The climax of the trailer seems like they're in some kind of car accident. Mm-hmm, yeah. They're chasing something, some sort of physical presence. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, I, I'm really big on this town-wide incident happened, and now it's kind of repeating. And there's like, it's sort of swept under the rug by the local community. Exactly, yeah. Like, no, no one talks about that anymore. Kind so, of like uh, it. Yeah, okay. And I think I think they might get like a, like a stark warning to stop, you know, pushing Ooh. in and what you're doing. So like... The girl, she seems to befriend... There seems like there's two guys in the trailer. And yeah. I, I couldn't figure out, like, who's who. I thought one of them was Dave Franco when I saw the poster. <laughs> and I was like, that's... Uh, we, we wish. <laughs> that's why I initially messaged you about doing this. Because I'm like, Dave's there. We're there. <laughs> but yeah, he's not there. Some unknown random guy. And I think there's a, maybe a bit of a love triangle going on. Yeah, I kind of just doubled down. Nerdy guy gets an intimate moment with the nerdy girl. And there's kind of, like, the jock guy who's friends with the nerdy guy. I was thinking... And he, kinda, and he respects that. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I was thinking during the climax of the movie when the presence of these aliens is, is, is coming really aggressively, yeah. the, the radio waves get more aggressive as well. 
and there'll be a moment where like the two leads are like making out like while there's just crazy music and the mm. lights are going crazy and the vibrations are like shattering things but they're just in the midst of all this chaos and they just have this like romance i wouldn't like that i hate <laughs> i hate the like obvious kiss makeout scene like a little bat what's his name baz lerman is that he, what, he did, like great, moulin great rouge Gatsby, great Gatsby yeah, stuff? Great yeah. Gatsby, that kind of hyper stylized romance i think that would go against this movie's trailer at least tonally yeah so what are you hoping to are you hoping to get like a real mystery like a guessing game that yes. has a satisfying conclusion I, and i've been chasing this guessing game since scoob i've been chasing this guessy game since upgrade upgrade that was it yeah underwater yeah underwater was yeah i wasn't guessing at all yeah yeah so i I would like a guessing game and i would like a reveal and i feel like we haven't had that since 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 knives out Out. exactly (laughs) yeah um so it'd be interesting but i i do think i'm gonna be a little bit scared during this movie i hope so i might be doing the scary movie stance yeah (laughs) uh a couple nightmares later tonight we'll see yeah um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what direction this is done. I mean, I've, yeah. I've harped on it this entire episode. It's just, it does seem generic. This is not a unique concept. Yeah. First contact is it's not really a unique not. concept. Yeah. First contact in a small town mm-hmm. with a young girl who's hoping to look and get out even of the like town. intercepting radio waves. Like that's, There's that's nothing. the first thing I think of, right? right? If you're going to put me in the 1950s and you say alien contact radio waves. Right. But for him to get all this praise from other directors, other filmmakers, something's got to be done well here right critics like it audience doesn't like it so like you said maybe it's not not i hope I'm it's not, not all like, like style and art over story mm-hmm. i want like an engaging story that makes sense and mm-hmm. then i'm not you know just like what what's going on am i just yeah. accepting this do, do you think it's all maybe a big uh illusion metaphor for something i think it's definitely a metaphor i think it may end with like some sort of like i think it's gonna end Im- with immigrants a... immigration that kind of thing <laughs> i think it's more emotional i think it's like coming of age or something like that oh so we're getting we're getting super eight but in the 1950s versus the 70s pretty much she might see like an older version of herself oh slow motion walking towards her and the fingers so you're getting into this time play of it yeah like yeah i'm I'm, i feel that i do feel it because they said it's happened before exactly yeah so it's almost like a i don't know if you've seen dark no but Mm -hmm. i I know the concept a little bit of that Mm -hmm. the small town no one really talks about what's going on. But I think this is going to be one of those movies where we probably have a lot more to say after than yeah. we do from before because I don't know what I don't know what we're in store for. Exactly. And maybe a little change of pace for us. At least we're coming in a little bit more excited, Yeah. Uh, more mystery, and maybe more targeted as us as the target audience yeah. versus uh, children. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice doing a film. Hey, we for said adults. no more children's movies and we're sticking to it. All yeah, right? exactly. What would you do if this is just a G-rated oh frolicking God. adventure? Just animated the entire yeah. time. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> I think we should hop into The Vast of Night. I hope For that sure. title has, like, meaning to it. Because the whole theme theme of the movie is, like, sound. Yeah. But maybe it's The Vast of Night. When I hear the word Vast of Night, I picture, like, a very dark emptiness looking into the sky yeah and and it makes you think of being isolated and Mm -hmm. alone so maybe this town maybe they can't leave the town okay yeah it's stuck in actually here's a quick uh okay question for you are we gonna get a nice tractor beam i really hope not i'm so dumb i'm more done with tractor beams than i am with kids movies okay every movie we gotta stop the beam oh god maybe like what about like a a nice cliche cow getting sucked up yeah, I, I wouldn't mind a few homages. Yeah, that'd be nice. Let's have 
the motive of these aliens or the design if we do get our hands on them. Or maybe maybe they're misdirecting us. Maybe these things come from the ground because they're in the, in the trailer even. They're like, they're, the rave, waves are coming from like up higher than we can know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe that's like sort of misleading, intentionally misleading plot point. And Any army involvement? That evil uh, colonel. I don't think he's got the budget for the military. <laughs> yeah, Maybe one either. little Hummer, like those old. <laughs> bit, yeah, we're shutting this down. <laughs> Just the sound effect of it. <laughs> Get the boys out. Yeah. <laughs> Get those boys behind the hangar ready. Forget everything you saw. <laughs> yeah. Just before we go in, I've got one more uh, hail mary prediction here. Oh, okay. I think the scariest scene in the movie is going to have to do with. I do think there's some brainwashing going on. I think these these creatures. Brainwashing or like possession. Possess- not not possessive. No, like literally just like using the sound waves to manipulate humans and make them oh, do yes. what they it want. It sounds a bit possessive. Yeah, just not like demonic or anything. Okay. Just like advanced technology. Okay. And I think we'll see a really old couple dancing together to like, you know, those old 50s radios. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, I yeah. love you. And they're like dancing together, but they just like completely look dead inside. And then the girl, maybe it's her parents or something. Oh, and she like, she's got the flashlight. She's like, yeah. mom dad and then they just kind of like look at her or she like, like puts a shoulder puts a hand on the shoulder and they turn around yeah exactly she's like, oh, she got trips but the pupils are gone and yeah like, yeah but then again like that's gonna make this movie good like we've seen that before yeah but i like this this kind of idea that the town is getting infected like almost one by one exactly yeah and they're they are trying to stop it i like that actually i could okay well I'll, let's yeah. hope for something like that for sure let's dim the lights a little bit yeah and let's, let's get all cozy yeah and we'll see you after we've seen The Vast of Light in three. Night. What did I say? Light. light. <laughs> Whatever. Let's watch this fucking movie. All right, Anthony, you're locked into WOW. Let's break some biscuits. Let's do it. You're here for the midnight recording, and we're going to be listening into the long night. Buckle up, straddle in, and let it ride. If anyone can tell me what movie we just watched, you could get some of Anthony before and after the movie carpet. All right. Welcome back. I got to um, get the glasses on for the post show. Yeah. You're straining your eyes to watch that movie, eh? Yeah, a little bit. It's a dark film. Uh, so if you are watching at home, make sure that the sun has set. I, I'm not even sure what I'm going to say, but should we go for our out of 10 rating on three? I, yeah, let's go out of 10 and then, uh, then we'll, you want to do predictions or do you want to go out of 10 or just get into it? I think we get into it and the predictions will come up as we go. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Out of 10, ready? Three, two, one, five. Seven. Interesting. <laughs> five, eh? That's a pretty generous five as well. Okay. So instantly we know a little highbrow for the big man. <sighs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I, I, okay, so the first thing I would agree with you, I was probably sitting at like a four or five mm-hmm. until probably the second half of the movie. Really? Yeah. I was sitting at, at like a maybe a six or seven until the second half of the movie. Oh, it just wow. fucking dropped off on me. Okay. All right. Let's let's get into it. What? Should we go spoilers ahead? Just yeah. In case, heavy this, spoilers. This, this might be one that you guys might want to watch. I mean, unlike Scoob, this is one <laughs> yeah. that may, maybe you you should watch. Stop the podcast now, watch the movie, and then join us back up. Yeah, I think I think you should watch this, even if that don't let Almond's incorrect rating yeah, scare you. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into that a little <laughs> bit, but yeah. So what should we start with the positives? Why don't you? Why, yeah, what, did I mean, you what did you like about the movie the most? 
the the one shot it's hard i get good. it's hard it's it's a hard yeah, it's, one to it's, dissect exactly yeah it's so i mean the 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 one shots were good right. uh the the opening scene i mean we didn't predict that at all no. that was just a nice nice dialogue back and forth yeah, I felt totally lost the first season. Yeah. Like, what are they talking about? Exactly, like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't latch on to a single sentence. Yeah, because it was, I mean, the, the guy must have done his research because they were really speaking in the time. Yeah, and we had like, it, we don't want to turn on subtitles, but we had to. We like, had to, yeah. And I don't it regret was, it. It was too hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was <laughs> like, I, I don't get this. At first, I thought it was just me, but I'm, I'm glad you said something. Yeah, like some <laughs> crazy expressions that I'd never heard yeah. at a million miles a minute. Get the, yeah, get the, get the he, he was he was mumbling but he was yeah. purposefully mumbling it was intentional yeah it was nice that was nice it was it was a crazy i guess the best way i can summarize this movie is mm-hmm. you're you learn so much about this tiny little corner of the world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's this small town about two characters in a four or five locations mm-hmm. and it's just their lives are so simple and and isolated from you know it's the 50s you don't know about the the big world outside yeah they always talk about going to the big city yeah getting away out of this town right and they and they sort of get caught in potentially like life defining or world defining events right but it's it's alluded to so basically the the movie is about this girl and this guy the girl works at a switchboard Mm -hmm. station for the Mm -hmm. town so she's in charge of interpreting all the calls Mm -hmm. and the guy works at the radio station yep and he's like a real like quick talker, a little bit of an asshole, like kind of he's, he's, up his he's, own he's ass. He's a smooth, smooth talker. Yeah, yeah, but you can tell there's some complexity to his character. He's a bit like insecure almost. I feel that's why he kind of anyway. He works at the radio station. I think station. you're giving him a bit, a bit, <laughs> a bit more credit than this movie deserves. But okay. And they hear some weird noises on the broadcast, and she alerts him of this and kind of interrupts him and is like, "I I know you don't want me to interrupt you while you're doing the show, but go yeah. back and listen to this." And he's like. I never heard of this. So yep. they basically put out an open call as radio stations often do. Mm-hmm. And they say, get in touch with us. If you've heard this noise before, mm-hmm. not really expecting anything. And then you get these sort of 10 minute, like monologues from yeah. characters. This guy calls in so that, that call in scene. Yeah. I interrupt you. There was, was good. I it enjoyed was. that. That was a good, you're just, you're listening. It was, it was going black. It was like, it went to black screen. Yeah. And we go back and that, I like that. That was good. And yeah, Okay, so this guy gives the story, and they end up following this kind of trail. Mm-hmm. They find out there's more to his story at the library. They go there. Mm-hmm. They find more information, and then they get another call mm-hmm. from this lady who's like, I can fill in the rest of the blanks for you. Come to my house. And I thought that's when we were going a bit more horror. But yeah, I thought she was going to like pop up. And this, this was <laughs> – how did she go? <laughs> They sit her down and then hunker in because she goes on for a good 20 minutes. Holy I shit. look over at you and your head's just like falling back. I was fighting to stay awake yeah. during her fucking shitty monologue. That was the worst part of the movie. Thank you. It, it started interesting and then I was like, I need another scene so but badly. After that scene with her, the movie... We had well, that, so she, yeah, okay, go ahead. In summary, the interesting thing that she says is, I've heard these noises before. It happened to my son. Uh, he started saying the same things they were saying. Mm-hmm. Nobody believed me. When he's nine years old, he got abducted by a ship, and mm-hmm. no one's ever believed me. They thought I killed him, and they don't believe her either. Yeah, they bounce, which is weird that they don't believe her because after well, every- she kind of does, and the guy doesn't. Yeah, Everett. Everett. 
And then basically a few a few minutes later, long story short, they meet up with other characters. They start playing the noise back, and it makes the people that they're with like look up towards. See the that sky. that was kind of cool because that was payoff. That was creepy. Yeah, that was payoff from the the grandma's story about how she said that to her son and he looked up. Yeah, and then that basically nice. we're skipping a lot here, but they yeah. see the ship, which I was surprised by. They really go for it. It's not just like a vague distant thing. No, yeah. It shows this beautiful ship contrasted with like okay. the... The ship wasn't that nice. <laughs> it was really nice because it was shot with really low budget, kind of that film grain look, which I yeah. thought was beautiful. Contrasted with the modern technology of the ship, I think was a really interesting visual. No? Okay, all right. No, we'll no be, yeah. sorry. The, the ship was like Spider-Man PS4 graphics. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> And then they basically get abducted as well. Yeah. And you get the final shot on their radio covered in sand. Yeah. And that's the film. The Vast of Night. Light? Night. Night. Okay. So let, let me break it down here. Sure. That the grandma scene is telling the story. So that, that obviously was an absolute snooze fest. And when they're in the car and the, the people are looking up after they repeat the phrase, yeah. I would have liked to have seen that around the 50, the halfway mark. Yeah, your typical three-act structure. Well, this had a three-act structure. Don't deny that. But I would, I would like <laughs> to see that kind of... Because that's when I felt a little bit stressed. I felt a little bit more involved. But that... like you're, I was doing some reading and people are saying it's great payoff. That's the thing that okay. really... If I'm going to get down to the root of my issues with this movie, it's that there was, there was no backbone. There's no themes. There was very minimal payoff. Like I, you go through all of this. You don't learn anything. Like if you compare this to... Um, a character film like Ad Astra. I know, uh, I haven't seen that one. Well, Ad Astra, you know what it's about. Yeah. It follows Brad Pitt throughout space and it's, you know, it tackles on themes about man's place in, in the world and isolation and interpersonal relationships. This doesn't do any of that. This just kind of goes, tells this generic story, generic, not unique, generic, and you get nothing out of it in the end. Okay. Fair enough. I'm, I, I yeah, I'm not going to say that you're that you're wrong in that regard. Mm-hmm. I do think that there were some deep themes, but okay. they were they were buried in urgency. So you have, I think I was kind of right with my coming of age thing. There's we, for her, for sure, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they have these few little moments where the characters, she clearly likes him. I don't think he's as into her. There's a bit of romance. Was was there an age gap there? I think she, he's a she bit said older. she was 16. He, yeah. I felt like he was like. 20, she said 20. she was 16. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So she had a bit of a crush on him, yeah, I would okay, say. Yeah. And there's a few moments in they're they're ripping around and he kind of is the authoritative one, mm-hmm. the one in charge. And there's these little moments where they have quick discussions about like what they want to do with their lives and their future. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was nice because it's realistic. It, it didn't slam the themes and what the characters really want no, yeah, over, over your head. It was nice and subtle and kind of it came up really quickly and then let's get back to the task. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was like realistic. The dialogue in some instances was terrific in terms of it didn't feel like written dialogue. Okay, yeah. It felt like... S- improv, spoken. Yeah, like yeah, un- yeah. rough around the edges. Yes. Really sharp. Very Tarantino-y in some... I have that written down you have some, well. yeah, Okay, yeah. thank God. Tarantino-esque. Yeah, <laughs> I have Tarantino-esque. Tarantino-esque. I said Tarantino-esque scene duration and dialogue. Yeah, scene duration, the long cuts, um, the but crazy, crazy camera movements. Not on Tarantino's level. No, of that. course okay. not. I mean, this guy's this is his first film. So yeah. Break. Um, but speaking on the dialogue, I don't know if you have more to say on that, but uh, I, did, I didn't like some of her dialogue, her character. She had a very consistent tonality. Like yeah. almost like Dor- I wrote Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. Like, well, I can't possibly do this. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And but she like her character was almost too innocent. Like when she was asking yeah. about Elvis's carpet. Like, 
come on, she's the science one, she's the brainiac. Yeah. Don't 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 be doing that. I agree. I, I this is kind of unrelated, but I really liked the production design, like her yep. her switchboards and mm-hmm. plugging in the big. The switchboard wires. was good, and also there was a scene where they were testing the tapes from the library. Oh, that I was really enjoyed that scene because it looked like he was actually doing it. Yeah, I think and, he was. I think yeah. that was. I'd like to hope that was all real, and it goes back to the. You should always reveal exposition in your story. While if you've got to talk about boring plot things, mm-hmm. give the character something interesting to do at the same time. Mm-hmm. So they were talking about if they were just having that conversation, you'd be falling asleep. But the fact that you were just watching him like yeah. crank the cables and, and that's get it so going. like sharply contrasted when they go see the grandma, right? Yeah, and that's where I think it got a bit a bit sloppy. And I think people on the really pretentious side will just be like, oh, that's like, oh, she just keeps talking and talking and talking. But there yeah. is a limit to that. Thank you. And I think they did Thank cross you. it. Okay, good. Because I kept waiting for her to get nasty or like yeah, do or start like scary. speaking in tongue or something. Yeah, and right? she got close and then she would just, she was too docile. Yeah, the take me with you. I like that. Where we're going with that. And yeah, then... but it's like, you you know that they're not going to respond well to that. Yeah. You haven't convinced, they don't know where the ship is. Mm-hmm. You haven't convinced them to mm-hmm. take you. So that was kind of almost like a bit silly in my opinion. Yeah. It was, it, yeah, that was, that tried to be the payoff for her monologue was to take me with you, but it just, it didn't it hit. It didn't hit. It didn't hit. Yeah. Wasn't a big fan of the TV transitions. I yeah. thought that was a bit. I mean, that was a what? Twi- Twilight Zone homage. Yeah. Like the, the whole thing I, I did read, like he wanted to feel like an episode of the Twilight Zone. Okay. I think he, he would have accomplished that without the TV homage. Yeah. And it, or ju- just the opening. You didn't have to keep going back It did and it like forth. four times. Yeah. And I'm like, I've had enough of this now. Yeah. Because it felt like. I feel like he was trying to say something like they were they were being watched. We're seeing them through a screen. Mm. And I think he was trying to talk to the fact that these aliens are kind of watching this happen. Okay. I don't know for sure. That's just how I interpreted it. Yeah, I'm, I, sure, I kinda... he'll, I'm sure he'll hit me up and let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Patters, what happened, bro? Yeah, Andrew, if you're listening, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I put it here. You'll probably disagree with this compliment, but like some 1917 level long takes yeah for, well, for the I mean, budget yeah easy 1970s level we throw that around maybe birdman <laughs> or revenant i mean this guy's but... the next sam mendes <laughs> the yeah the the opening scene when they're walking down the street that was nice yeah and obviously i think we actually mentioned during the movie the the cross town shot yeah that was really good because it gave you a, a sense of the the scope and size of the totally. town and, and, that, and it was like okay this is our world this is where we can yes. go and it had like you kind of predicted the yeah. vast of night they were kind of isolated in this bubble of yeah. darkness yeah yeah um i thought that was really cool the scene where she is operating the switchboards and she's got like four different conversations going mm-hmm. like massive props to her for like nailing that scene yeah it's probably uh, like what, 10 minutes i'd say yeah what well, is uh Sierra McCormack standout. Yeah. She, M- she minus gets, minus her character's kind of silly points, but her performance was good. Yeah. yeah, when she was like by herself doing her job, she was excellent. When she yeah. was kind of doting after Everett, that her like you say, it was a bit yeah questionable, mm-hmm. silly and gullible. Yeah, totally. I liked the kind of recurring. There were some catchphrases that the characters kind of had. Like I don't care. This is good radio. I yeah. like how they brought that back a couple times. Yeah, uh, that was interesting. Film grain was was really nice it was done in the right way because the movie is surrounded by old technology mm-hmm. you're in the 50s and it's dark so naturally that's kind of how the human eye that's how you see it in the dark mm-hmm. so seeing that on the camera whether it was intentional or not was really nice i thought i think i think you're justified in complimenting the technical aspects of this film yeah um but i think that's 
that's what it does well. I think what, what were you saying about Steven Soderbergh mentions three aspects of yeah, the Yeah, the narrative, the camera, and the performance. So camera, yeah, or yeah, camera check, performance. I'll give him a check because these yeah. are young, so- pretty soft inexperienced check, actors. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the narrative, that, and that's... That's where it falls down for you. That's eh? where it falls down for me, yeah. So I guess the, the story was, and I guess this is also up, up to interpretation, the lady who gives her really boring monologue, the one little nugget in there is... I think these people watch over us. They like small towns. Mm-hmm. They wait for nights where everyone's gathered and everyone's gathered for this basketball yeah. game. They pick out some outliers yep. and then they manipulate them into doing what they want. Mm-hmm. And she's like starting wars, starting. I think, well, that's she, almost she, what, she, what you nail on the head. Too. Yeah. Is it the nail on the head or is she just like wrong? What, do you think that's what those aliens intentions really were? Or are they just picking people? Is it, Yeah. Yeah. Because that doesn't really tie into why they're taking people. But anyone and anyone with it doesn't, and anyone with <laughs> not at all, and anyone with that much influence is very rarely going to be alone. I'm thinking like if you're going for the president, for yeah, example, exactly. he's surrounded by people, and he's not in a small. He's never going to be in a small town. Yeah, or she. So that was kind of. I'd like him to. I'm sure he knows like exactly what they wanted to do, but you, I. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I feel like he, 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 had, he had too much on his plate going into that third act. He didn't really know how to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of tried to, you know, leave it open, pull the artsy card. Right. I would say, yeah, the plot does. There's a few moments where you feel yourself getting kind of sucked in. Like yep. you kind of looked at me a few times. You're like, oh, like, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, which is unusual for a film with like usually these kind of low budget, more artsy films. Mm-hmm. They cut back on the dialogue. But mm-hmm. I would v- guess that even those movies, 90 minutes, it's scripts probably longer than like some two hour movies yeah. just from the dialogue alone. It felt like a long film, though. <laughs> it did feel it a did. bit long. I'll give you that. I was, but if I didn't have that candy cup, man, I don't know. <laughs> uh, unconventional male female relationships. I thought that was kind of nice. It didn't didn't shy away from like how men and women interacted with each other back in the 50s. At yeah. the end of the day, like women were talked down to a yeah. lot. Yeah, he was like, "Shut up, babe." Yeah, like, yeah, and it hurt. Like you're like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Like, but I think a lot of more Hollywood films would be, you know, like, Shining "Oh, you're my darling." That. Like, and oh, it's just, it's just yeah, not yeah. the way it was yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. So I, I, I thought he did his research well there. Um, and then you'll disagree with me here, but I put a spine tingling climax. Never felt silly or unearned. The right amount of reveal. Okay, so I've already said my piece on that. So. Yeah, but now reading it, I, I I think I wanted a bit more understanding of like the aliens' motives. I, I'm surprised we got a shot of that large ship. So like unapologetic, you know, like massive flying saucer, tons of lights. Yeah. Not. I thought it was just going to be like a flicker. In yeah, the distance. and that, that would have been way better. Was really it so, a shooting right? star? Like, make me question. I hear it. you now in an alternate reality. I just wanted to see no, more of the flying no, saucer. No. Show us if you're going to do it. Do it. No. <laughs> Leave it open. If you're going to have a movie like this, that's going to, that's going to fucking drag you on with monologues, uh, not Tarantino or Tarantino ask, but they don't have this, they don't carry the same tension or weight. If you can compare a monologue from Inglorious to a monologue from here, like, yeah, I mean, you're comparing him to like, I know, maybe the greatest film. I know, I know. But I'm just saying like, if that's where he's getting some inspiration from, right. Like ramp it up with, with stakes, maybe, maybe you get some more stakes, maybe get some score in there to kind of bring up the, uh, the crescendo yeah. a bit. Um, so you want him to be a bit with his future projects, be a bit bolder with his like storytelling. Yeah. Like I, I, I respect the monologues. I respect what he's doing, but please raise the stakes during them or keep me invested more. And I'm sure I'm not alone when I say this, that I was getting a little bored 
maybe yeah. after the story bit when the caller calls in is just yeah and and kudos to him like clearly he find like he financed this film himself he was the judge jury and executioner mm-hmm. and i'm happy that he was able to like tell his vision uncompromised mm-hmm. and maybe he just loves that maybe he doesn't want to give you all the answers or he doesn't want crazy... but he does give you the answers at the oh, end, no, which maybe, is weird yeah, right he does maybe or maybe he doesn't want to have like high stakes and big things but mm-hmm. if he wants to grow if he wants to be truly like six maybe he doesn't even want to be massively successful i'm sure he does <laughs> but if he does which i think he does too he's gonna have to oblige to like some of the rules of storytelling a bit more mm-hmm. yeah is that fair that's fair but i'm excited to see what he does next i think he's impressed i think yeah i think he's definitely showing off what he's capable of yeah but you have to have things happen to your characters and i, I never really felt like they were in particular danger aside from that one car scene mm-hmm. it sort of just felt like an average just like a, a bit of a day in the life of these characters yeah and with a you're super right. surreal ending that didn't really match the 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 prior 95 percent. yeah movie. like it was a cool movie i don't really feel like i'd want to watch it again no but are you glad you did? Yeah, I think it's worth watching. Yeah. And hopefully anyone who's listening watched it before they yeah. listened to the second I mean, half. It's, if you have Prime, it's free. It's 88 minutes. Yeah, it, it, it's worth a watch. Yeah, it's interesting. And I think there'll be a lot of discussion. And I think people will have fun with the theories of like trying to guess like what happened next. Mm-hmm. Here's a question for you. Do you think the majority of people who watch this movie... Um, maybe don't have a film school background type thing. Do you think they'd find this movie boring or would they be interested? I think, I think that Rotten Tomatoes audience score kind of speaks for itself. Okay. Yeah. The 60%, I think it's a pretty decent, like you gave it a five. So like, if you're looking mm-hmm. at that as like a six out of 10, I think that's probably what like most people will give it. I'm just giving it that extra bump because I do. You think, got a bit of a soft spot for first time writer director. Yeah. And like to have dialogue that, sharp yeah for your first film like that's probably the area that young filmmakers struggle with the most they've they're super they've got that great visual eye um they're great with the camera they've got great ideas but the dialogue can feel stiff or like a bit too movie-esque mm-hmm. so the fact he was able to like write that much uh just glancing over some predictions here you you did absolutely nail some sort of telepathic communication i said possessive you said it's just kind of like it, them controlling yeah, telling them what to do technology that's just more advanced than our own yeah um, there was some blackouts, just localized, not rolling. We were right about him disguising the low budget with art. So like, yeah, exactly like you say, just cut to black when the guy's talking about all the crazy high budget yeah. sounding stuff. <laughs> like anything military, black screen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just remember in, when the grandma does her monologue, they're like, hey, like you have to understand, like we're in a bit of a hurry. She's like, I understand, I'll, I'll keep this brief. And then she just fucking goes like, 15 years ago, there was this train where everyone disappeared. Yeah. So, so you have your past incident there, which is something I mentioned. Um, and it, it was a bit out of his character because he had a bit, of a, a bit of a loud mouth. And with the first guy, he was talking, like he was like, oh, like, and then what happened? And yeah. steering the story. And he just let this woman ramble. And yeah, he, he said he they didn't have much tape. Yeah. So that was bugging me a bit mm-hmm. just little things but not like yeah crazy I mean, things. if we're looking back at our predictions like it did seem kind of run-of-the-mill yeah it, there was no like i mean obviously we had no no time loops or anything but maybe we yeah. should have nothing really time related just they, they like to come back what else do we have here opens with the broadcaster doing an all, an all-night shift that did happen just not at the start he did do the whole i'm gonna be here for the five people to the yeah, yeah so i took a bit of pride in that tractor beam 
I think we'll give it half, uh, yeah, half, half, half points for yeah. that. <laughs> we didn't see it, but boy, did we get it. Yeah. <laughs> Hot fuzz cult situation. Not really. Oh, just, that would have that been nice. Yeah. And yeah. it was sort of, there was a, not a cult, but you had a few older people that like knew about what was going on. Yeah. So that could have been an area, you know, that I would have liked yeah, to see. Yeah. More, more breadcrumbs. Yeah. And like go, go out there more a bit with the horror and, and the, mm-hmm. the thriller aspects. Like throw a couple scary jump not jump scares not no not easy ones but scare us good, a bit good more. creeps we did get the one with the people looking in the sky yeah but I, I would have liked to have seen some more like ominous like tension yeah that's the word tension tension yeah not much tension in the film i think that's kind of the that's how you great that's how you would sum it. it up yeah yeah like i think he's got all the the raw materials but just needs to hold that tension a bit and like you said some score can help you with that yep uh but i'm sure he'll learn as he goes for sure well, overall, I'm glad we watched it. Yeah, I mean, something that was easy to watch, easy to tune into. Will I watch it again? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you're lo- if you're looking for a weeknight movie or a you know lazy Sunday movie, toss it on. I think we're all looking forward for the movie theaters to reopen. But until then, hopefully in a couple weeks or so, uh, I'd say this is a good a good filler. Until then. Yeah, and if nothing else, if you're having a tough time falling asleep on a Tuesday night, you just throw this <laughs> on. You'll you'll be out before the grandma even shows up. Yeah, right? that's true. We'd like to thank you to tuning in to episode 13. Yeah, uh, I've been Amon. I've been Anthony, and you're listening live to Before and After the Movies. Don't razz my berries, all right. <laughs> <laughs>